the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The definition of a rose, a flower. Ah, but describe that flower. We're describing love. Next, here on Truth For Today. It's a description of love, and it's Jesus who is giving this description. Even better still, right? Welcome to today's broadcast of Truth For Today. We're in John chapter 13, looking at verses 34 and 35. Our message is simply entitled, A Description of Love. And it's Jesus who is doing the describing. Talk about somebody eminently qualified to describe the word love, right? Let's catch up with Pastor Phil Howard for today's broadcast of Truth For Today. Who are you promoting in life? You? My, you've got a narrow agenda with diminishing returns because as you get older, what you're promoting is going to give you less and less. Because as your ego gets bigger, your body gets weaker. And your ego keeps writing checks that your body cannot cash. And you'll find out that you've picked the wrong thing to promote. Just think of promoting uh, a ball team all your life, or a sport all your life, or a company all your life, a stock fund. You put all your life into that. Is there any more to life than that? He says, love will not seek its own. It seeks to promote Christ. There are those who, uh, two kinds of people, those who always talk about their rights, And then there are those who always talk about their responsibilities. Our dad told us, kids, you want to act like a kid, be treated like an adult. If you're going to be treated like an adult, you've got to act like one. But we like to be treated like adults and act like a kid. We've got to grow up. There's some who always talk about, I'm entitled to. There's others who say, I'm engaged in ministry and making up for the lack. I'm not living for self-interest. Only God can do that in any of us. Love has good motives. He says that love is not easily angered. That word uh, means easily provoked, uh, irritable, to be irritated, to be touchy. Love is not touchy. Love is not given to irritability. Uh, Selfishness generates an irritable spirit. Listen to what A.W. Tozer said about uh, the saints. He wrote an article called The Unsaintly Saints. There are a few hindrances to the cause of Christ as effective as a bad disposition. Now, indigestion you can't help. Disposition, God expects us to work on our mood. In In Galatians 5, he said, put to death the moods of the flesh. Negative moods we're to deal with. Uh, It is hardly too much to say that an evil disposition 
manifested by an evangelical does the church more harm in the end than anything that modernists and unbelievers can ever do. What a strong statement. A bad disposition has been called the vice of the virtuous. The woman who would not gamble or smoke or attend places of worldly amusements may yet manifest a churlish temper and keep her family in terror with her acid tongue. A man who will fight for the faith once delivered to the saints may be so hard to live with that his family actually wishes him gone and feels little real sorrow when he finally shuffles off this mortal coil to go as he had fondly believed to dwell with the saints in the peace of heaven forever. A little adage goes this way, to dwell with saints above How does that wait? To dwell above with saints we love, well, that will be glory. But to dwell below with saints we know, well, that's another story. (laughs) Our our disposition, listen to these vices. Oversensitive, irritable, fault-finding, peevish, temper, resentfulness, cruelty, uncharitable. These kill the spirit of the church and slow down the progress which the gospel may be making in the community. Bill Yeager tells the story that he was a rear gun pilot in World War II, got out of the war, went to a little church in the L.A. area. One of his daughters died, and this got him into church with his wife, brokenhearted over the loss of this child, not yet a believer. Went to a Sunday service, became a believer. He said, Wednesday night was the monthly business meeting of this church. He went to that monthly business meeting, and they got into a fight in the church. Now, he's been saved Sunday night. He saved three days. He said, that night, I watched this side of the church in the dispute, because they voted that night to split rather than to resolve differences. They all got up, and each one picked up their chair and walked out. And the other side, they left as mad, and they took their chair. And he said to himself, I'm going to love Christianity. I just got out of World War II. I'm made for it. I'm a stubborn German anyway. Let's have it on. He said, I took a church in Modesto. When I first went there, my board was called the Carnal Corral. They'd run off the previous preacher and were glad of it. And when he came, he refused to unpack. He said, I kept my stuff in the garage in all the cases. I didn't really want to go, but I felt like God wanted me. And every board meeting, when they threatened to fire him, he said, please, please fire me. I want to be set free. They wouldn't fire him. They just growled. He said, no, what I decided, I'm not going to work with the carnal corral. I'm going to lead the mayor of the city to the Lord. And he did. And he led this man to the Lord. And he led this businessman to the Lord. And pretty soon the board's still in place, but all the action and fun in the church is over here. Bible studies, prayer meetings, people growing, people evangelizing, people enjoying God, marriages being saved, kids being reached. And all of a sudden the power brokers are saying, it's no fun over here. It's not meant to be fun when a bunch of irritable people get power. You're in for a tough marriage, a tough church, tough Christianity. Love takes irritability out of us. 
And I don't need you to tell me what irritability is. I can write a chapter on it myself. I hate it that my family is hearing me preach right now. Because I'm a spiritual giant here on Sunday morning. And I turn into Twinkie when I get home. <laughs> and I want to kick the cat. I know plenty about irritability you don't even want to know. Uh, but love is not touchy. Haven't you met many Christians in the church? Get hurt over the least thing. Today, as I came in, I love it in a way. I had a brother this morning apologize about something. Didn't even do anything wrong, but he was touching bases and clarifying something for me. What's kind of wonderful, when you're dealing with real problems, you can't even keep track of this small stuff. You know, people fighting for the marriages, fighting for the kids, trying to get an unsaved loved one to the... And then and there's some folks here on this level, the least little thing... I think, wake up and get into the real world. You must have a lot of time on your hands to invent stuff. Love is not irritable. It seeks the right mood. Now, one great saint said the first duty of his life every day was to get himself into a good mood. That's why I think reading the Bible and praying in the morning and eight cups of coffee will help get you there. Because you know, sometimes when you wake up, uh, it's not always, but there's sometimes you wake up, you say, you know what, I think we'll be irritable. You don't quite say that, but when you get up, you're just, you're just, something, you're just in that, just, just don't push me. I had a bad dream and you were in it. <laughs> you, you just know, you just, you just, and you know what you got to do? You got to quiet your soul, quiet your soul. I mentioned sometimes when we go on vacations, I get out of my prayer routine in the morning, I quit reading the Word, because when we're on vacations, it's restaurants, uh, restaurants, uh, some recreation, what else? Restaurants. <laughs> and, and, you know, you have to get up early to get them when they just open. You might miss, on the, miss out on the breakfast special. So I don't necessarily pray every morning. Don't always read. But a few days into that, I don't know. I get irritable when I don't have something to eat from above. Because man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God. And if I don't get something to chew on in my mental state and in my soul, I want to start chewing on people. You know what I mean? Because... If, you, if you're hungry out there and you don't know how to solve it, kill Moses. That'll solve all your problems. Hey, folks, he's the one that's got the map. Don't kill Moses. So I have to make it my business to make myself happy. It's your responsibility to make yourself happy. Rejoice in the Lord. And again I say, rejoice. That's a command. How can you command joy? Ask God. You mean I got to make, you don't know what we owe. You don't know what it's like. You don't know, you, you, shut up. Shut up. I'm assuming you know God. I'm assuming the Holy Spirit's in you. I'm assuming you will obey the word. I'm assuming you want to do his will. It's not your wife, your husband, or your kid's responsibility to make you happy. 
You've got to make that decision. Quit blaming everybody. Rejoice. Well, that's impossible. It is possible. Because I've read Acts 16, where at the midnight hour, when the backs were still bleeding from a Roman soldier's whip, Paul and Silas begin to sing at the midnight hour songs of victory to God, having been whipped for preaching the gospel. When's the last time you were whipped and at the midnight hour you started singing to God? So I read this journal on African Americans' history in America, and I've got to take a magazine called Church History. The last edition was on the African American spiritual journey in this country. And how that masters forbid them to have their own churches. They didn't want them to meet out there because they're always afraid of, they were brewing a plot to run away. Well, they, they weren't. They just wanted to meet. And many times if they had met secretly, the white master coming back from his church service would whip the black man that was coming back from his service. Because you met secretly. And what did they do on Monday? They sang all day, I'm going home. For the storm clouds no longer blow. I'm going home. I'm going to go across the river. I'm going to the Lord. A chariot someday is going to sweep me out of this cotton field. And I'm going to see the God I believed in. No whips. No prejudice. No bleeding backs. But you can't take my song. I'm going to keep singing. Love is not irritable. It learns to be responsible for the mood it gets in. If you have a negative disposition, you're not walking in love. You've got to take charge of it. Give me ten minutes and I'll be through. No, that's not true. I'll just quit. Uh, It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. It's a beautiful word here, the word for record. It's our word for impute or to charge. It's the word used in Romans, God has not charged us with our sins. He, David said, blessed is the man to whom the Lord does not charge his sin to him. And the Lord bears it. It's a beautiful term. So what he's saying, love does not charge wrongs against people. It does not keep a ledger of the wrongs that have happened to it. Uh, It's a great, great concept. Love keeps no record of wrongs suffered. Uh, It's what God does for us in forgiveness. God, who knows everything, who is omniscient, has said... I've cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. I've chosen not to remember your sins against you anymore. I know them all, but I don't keep them up front. I've cast them behind me. I have forgiven. So we know God does this to all of us in forgiveness. And what he tells us is to be people who are not keeping a ledger of the wrongs that have happened to us. I think one of the great lessons of life is learning what to forget and learning what to remember. Some of us forget the good done, and all we talk about is the evil done. You've got to learn what to remember. You better remember your social security number. You're going to need it. You can forget a lot of other things. I don't remember my high school locker number. 
don't need it. But you've got to remember some things and forget another. Jesus said, a good and an evil man are known by what they treasure. As I thought about that remarkable verse, that people are known by what they treasure in their heart, I, I just thought if you had a girl that in her hope chest, every day you went and checked it, and you found dead mice in there, decon, O Alpo cans, arsenic, you know, something's wrong with this girl. She doesn't know what she ought to treasure. She needs something to take into marriage. She needs some fond pictures. She needs some good things that give you hope. Not negative stuff. And I see some people, they've taken their heart, they've turned it into a garbage can instead of a treasure chest. The only stuff they keep is the dead rats. They haven't kept the good stuff. They say, nobody's ever been good to me. No one's ever been good to me. You always hear this negative. Because they've learned not to treasure the good things. They've got a record. I remember years ago in this church having a woman who, uh, if I would preach on the love of God, the goodness of God, God's purposes, uh, anything in that nature, God's sovereignty. This woman, uh, she was a bold woman. She, uh, she's passed away, and I assume you don't even know her. You better not. You can't know this woman. Uh, she'd meet me at the back door of the church, and she would kind of be in a, she just, she would be placed. She was there. And I thought, uh-oh, it's going to be sermon review time. And uh, she would just say, I don't believe that. I don't believe this predestination stuff. I don't believe this sovereignty of stuff. I don't believe this. Would go on and, and my, her face showed her uh, irritability, her bitter spirit. I mean, it was, it was in her countenance. And she was not a, a, a really an overall bad woman, but just certain things that put her off. And boy, she'd go. And my brother one day filled me in. He said, are you acquainted with this woman's story? I so I don't know, but I feel like every week I get an arrow. Just whew. I don't know what's eating on her at all. He said, well, she had only one son. And he went on a hiking trip to Yosemite and never came back. And I believe several winters later they discovered his body that he'd fallen off of uh, wherever he's climbing. The snow covered him. And uh, they were in this endless search there for months. She went through the agony of losing this boy. The agony. And, and she never forgiven God about it. She, she, God, where were you? She was angry about it. She was bitter about it. She didn't mind telling me off because she told God off every day. She needed to forgive God. She needed to let it go. But instead, it just wrinkled her face deeply. It just, life ended for her with that Yosemite trip. Because she just never could say, Thou doest all things well, even the ones I don't understand. I remember Carolyn and I uh, being called into a domestic quarrel. Went to the home. The husband had left. The wife was there with the children. 
came into the house and the wife immediately began to rail on this husband. And uh, she immediately wanted to take us into the bedroom. We got in there and my wife is my witness who was there. She just flipped up the mattress, reached under and pulled out a green three ring binder. She said, I want you to hear what kind of man I've been living with. And pulled out 15 years of false she'd been keeping tab of. Had the dates. She started going through it with us. I said, wait, wait. We don't need to hear this. Listen to this. You want to know what he did on July 15th last year? Written out. Years of his faults. Years. He said, this is what he's like. I said to myself, and you're surprised he left? Every day was, look at the green ledger. I got a record of all your faults. I introduced something real basic. I said, have you ever thought about forgiving him? Huh? Have you ever thought about forgiving him? Oh, why, oh man, he's, now he's out with another woman. Well, the woman he's got won't be with him. You're too busy beating him up with the ledger. You've got to burn the ledger. Say, oh no, it's precious to me. I mean, it's precious. What's precious? I know he was at least wrong this much. And I could balance all arguments with the ledger. Love burns the ledger. Love forgives and every day you start fresh. You do that with God and he wants us to do it with one another. Forgive. Go on. This is Christianity. If you don't like Christianity, that's all right. That's your choice. But this is Christianity. We are the forgiven. And we become the forgivers. We become the people who are not charging and keeping records of wrong. We're offering the blood of Christ that expunges the ledger. And says, before God, He can clean the slate, give you a brand new life, and cast your sins as far as the east is from the west. And the east and the west have never met. Now, see, if he said north and south, we've got a north pole and a south pole, but we don't have an east pole, and we don't have a west pole. It's just out there. Why not imitate God? That's what Christ is saying to his disciples. Love one another as I have loved you, and I'll tap my servant Paul later to give you some more ways how it acts. You say, where could I ever get this? It takes knowing Christ. It takes the power of the Holy Spirit. And we have all imperfectly come to this. This is the measuring rod. None of us have achieved it. But this is the standard. No matter whether it goes against your temperament, your choices, this is the standard. Don't say, well, I'm just a phlegmatic. I'm just a sanquin. I'm melancholy. I have a right to be irritable. And... Uh, this one individual said, I have an excuse at least for one week every month to be irritable. And his wife said, when are you going to get over it? 
You can use everything to justify the mood you want to be in. But Christianity is a power that can rein in negative moods, get into God's presence, and have Him divinely give you a joy that you wouldn't normally have. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Our time today spending God's Word to encourage you to bring you truth for today. If you have questions or comments about our time together, we would invite you to write to us. You can either visit our website and drop us an email, write to us via U.S. mail, or give us a call. Another way to reach out to us with your questions would be to simply record them on your voice memo app on your smartphone and then email that audio to tftquestions at valleybible.org. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Our website, truthfortodayradio.org. And if you're writing to us, the address is 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California. The zip code is 94547. If you have questions about the ministry of Truth For Today and how we are funded to air on this radio station, we would love to talk with you. We are listener-supported, quite simply, and no gift is too small, no gift is too large. Whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly gift, it all goes back into the radio ministry, ensuring that it airs on this radio station. So would you consider that as you reach out to us here at Truth For Today? One other note as we close out our time today, while Pastor Phil is the pastor emeritus at Valley Bible Church in Hercules, we are still very much a part of this body And if you are looking for a church, we would invite you to join us. Now, we know that this current crisis has us all sequestered away. So you can join us at valleybible.org, where we stream our services. Again, valleybible.org. And then, as we find ourselves released from this quarantine, we will be meeting together here in Hercules. And for information, directions, and details, again, visit valleybible.org. And then we invite you to come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Blessed be the name of the Lord.